This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for football. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Hello and welcome to Just for Kicks with myself, Cam Ruslan, and we have a packed show. We're going to be talking, well, Jurgen Klopp. We're going to be talking FA Cup uh, fourth round, Premier League, some Bundesliga, and Asian Cup uh, for the last time. Well, the last time at eight o'clock because from Friday we're going to be on at seven thirty onwards. So tell all your friends because we don't want you to miss anything. So. Um, Yes, we our pundits are Sean Mahotra. Hi, hi, hi! It feels fantastic to be back. <laughs> okay, and Myra. Hi, I'm a somewhat happy Malaysian after a recent result. Yes, <laughs> uh, we're going to hear about that uh, later on. Uh, experiences from Azran Rosane. Hello, everyone. It's great to be back. You've got a, a Qatar suntan there uh, on nice. you, haven't you? Half Qatar, you know. Yeah, and uh, you can you can. Just about tell with his red shirt, I think uh, Azran is a Liverpool fan. <laughs> and, uh, well, the breaking news, which unfortunately we missed on the Friday show, is Jurgen Klopp announced very suddenly that he is leaving Liverpool at the end of the season. And so, um, how are you feeling? <laughs> uh, I think, like most Liverpool fans, uh, the initial news came as a shock. But for me... I mean, we've been fans long enough to know that all great things come to an end. What's nice about this thing is that Klopp is going to leave Liverpool in a good shape because Liverpool's playing very, very well at this point of time. So he's leaving on a high, it's typical of him. And uh, again, we learn more to appreciate him. Uh, we've got a great manager and let's see what the next four months entails. We're in all competitions. It's tough, of course. I mean, replacing a shoes as big as Jurgen Klopp is going to be very difficult. Uh, no doubt about that. But as I mentioned, the great thing is he's leaving the club in very, very good shape, which is unlike a number of other departures from management. Uh, you're looking at Sean. No, uh, uh, well, well, Yeah. So one thing, um, on the Liverpool grapevine, any insights into why he might be leaving? Are health issues or anything? Again, it's tough to say. Uh, obviously, the main reason is burnout. That's what, if you if you watch his, his reasons behind him leaving, is that he wants to take a break from football. I think there were some fans that were probably thinking that it's due to some health issues because there was a point during the interview that he says, look, I'm fine now, but yeah, I need to take a break. Yeah, very pointedly, I'm exactly, fine I'm now. Exactly, I'm fine now. Uh, but if you take the whole interview in... In, in a holistic sort of view I think he just needs a break The man needs a break He's been in top level management Year in, year out With highs and the lows mm. All together uh, Again, for most Liverpool fans We thought, look It's a rebuild We know that Where we are currently In all competitions Top of the league Is really a bonus Because we knew from last year Imagine if he had left last year It would have been A state of disarray mm. But he instead He selected great players uh, Bought well Mixed it up with fantastic youngsters, which we've seen yesterday and for the past few weeks. So, as I mentioned, uh, it's going to be in great shape to mm. and a good pass to whoever that's going to take over from him. Okay. I'm a bit disappointed. Asran, my money was on you crying. Uh, <laughs> didn't happen. Oh, well. Hey, Myra, um, uh, you don't have uh, any skin in the game with Liverpool. So, um, I mean, you know, but Jurgen Klopp has been, he's a remarkable man. 
a human being, as a human being. Yeah, I agree, I agree. In the game of He's a remarkable manager as well. And, like, he has completely weaved himself into the fabric of English football as, like, one of the best managers we've seen in the Premier League, actually. Um, mm. I think we have a lot to thank him for, especially, you know, during this decade. Um, he was the only one who would go toe-to-toe with Pep Guardiola. And without Liverpool being helmed by Jurgen Klopp, we could have seen, like, a Bundesliga situation happening, you know, like there was just, you know, too much resources on the other end that he was able to overcome that. He was able to buy really well, able to, you know, play um, really good football and also win some trophies, some really, really big trophies. So we have a lot to be thankful for, for Jurgen Klopp. I think the football landscape will be really, really boring after this, after he leaves because he's such a charismatic man on the touchline as well. Mm. So, yeah, it's a huge, huge loss for football. Yeah. Yeah. And just to add on, I mean, I liked Guardiola's tribute on Klopp because obviously every, every top player or top team needs a, a direct rival, a nemesis, no? And that pushes you to greatness. And I think that's what Klopp did. Both teams, I think, yeah. push each other. Unfortunately for Liverpool, we ended up on the losing stick twice uh, by one point. Mm. Uh, tough, but... Well, Sean, I want to ask you, as a Manchester United fan, I mean, you you, you witnessed uh, one great manager depart mm-hmm. and then, you know, a short transitional period and then things turned out fine. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> most definitely. I mean, what, what, what do you imagine is going to happen with Liverpool? Uh, I mean, the the one big difference I've always thought between Liverpool and United, aside from the last 10 years where Liverpool have been really good in terms of their football, is the people who have been above the footballing end, so the people who have been running Liverpool as a football club. I thought, you know, the hiring of their sporting director and all these people in places of position above Jurgen Klopp have... have it's been a match made in heaven kind of thing. I think everyone complements one another. So, in my mind, there was a book I read a long time ago where... If you have a structure in mind, or if you knew that structure is going to change, you need to complement who's coming in next, right? So I would assume with how well Liverpool have done so far with their structure, they'll be thinking ahead already as to who these next three names could be that will be coming in, who's the people that could work with them from above, what kind of style of football that could complement what Jurgen Klopp has already built at Liverpool they have there. So I still see them being a strong force next season and for the seasons ahead. It's a matter of the next hirings are very important, I would say, for Liverpool. And also tying down certain players to contracts. Because if I'm not mistaken, Virgil van Dijk has a, a, a two-year deal left or something like that. So you got to tie certain players down to be part of this project. Because if you use the whole United thing from before, a lot of the players that were part of the success we got rid of, you know, so you don't want that to happen at Liverpool. Yeah. Um, well, then, I was going to talk about who's going to come next. Uh, the, the, there is one obvious name at the, at the top of a very short list. Um Javi Alonso. Of course. I think most Liverpool fans would want him, especially because of how he's doing very, very well at uh, Leverkusen. The fact that he's about, hopefully, about to break the stranglehold of Bayern Munich and continue Harry Kane's <laughs> trophyless run, <laughs> unfortunately for him. Um, yeah, so every, I think because Javi is in, has Liverpool DNA in him, and obviously he's well wanted by all his other former clubs like Bayern and Real as well. And the fact that, I mean, when, even when he was playing at Liverpool, we knew he was the brains behind the way Liverpool played under Benitez at that point of time. So, okay. Xavi is obviously the main choice. I mean, the styles of football is different. Uh, Leverkusen plays with short passing, we know that. Klopp plays with a high pressing, high intensity. Xavi is more of a mid-block sort of guy like Man City with short passing. But, obviously, I think Xavi 
He's shown again at, in in his very very short stint in his former club, managing the youth of Real Sociedad, and now to, in Bayer Leverkusen, he's done fantastically well. Okay. So great managers are able to adapt to the system depending on the players that they have at their disposal. And as I mentioned, Liverpool, Klopp is leaving a fantastic group of individuals. Those that have done it before, have won the Champions League before, like Van Dijk, Trent and Alexander-Arnold, but also the up-and-coming youngsters. Conor Bradley yesterday, whew, what an amazing find. Yeah. Very quickly, Myra, uh, if let's say Xabi Alonso says, no, I don't want to, mm-hmm. who else? I'm thinking Roberto De Zerbi is also a really, oh, really great shout. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think there are also other names in there in the in the hat, like Julian Nagelsmann and stuff like that. But I do think Roberto De Zerbi is also a very, very good manager to come in second if he yeah. ever um, declines. Yeah, because from I the did, pot of Premier League, I yeah, think he's... Yeah, yeah. because I do... Um, sorry, I, I do hear about um, Xabi Alonso saying that, you know, it might be also a step too big. Um, at this point of time because he's only just starting to manage bigger clubs and he has a very small sample size small body of work mm-hmm. so it might be too overwhelming but I'm also not sure you know. Yeah, Sean Steven I Gerrard I'd just love to see the Benz <laughs> I would love Gerard. to see the Benz <laughs> Steven Gerrard okay um, okay well uh, he's, he's not dead Klopp is not dead. You have to remember that. Um, got another four months. Yeah. And, uh, but in a moment, we come back and we're going to look at the FA Cup fourth round that happened just now here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And we're back. And uh, with me, Myra, Azran, and Sean. And now, Myra. Um, I'm going to throw this one at you. So it's the FA Cup fourth round. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there were some matches which were okay, uh, <laughs> but but some which were not so great. And this is one was not so great. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur nil, mm. Manchester City one. Spurs, who really, everybody was saying, really wanted to do a cup run. I mean, they didn't do anything. Mm, I agree. It was really um, a drab performance from Spurs, I think. Yeah, um, like uh, Sean said earlier, like they barely created much, and uh, but they were defending really, really well. Um, I'm just, I think the only thing I would like criticize about Spurs at the moment is them bringing in um, wingers like Timo Werner and also Brennan Johnson. Um, they're really, really good players. They're really, really fast players, but I don't think they have the output to match it at the moment. Now that they've lost Son and Madison, they've lost a lot of creativity in terms of creating chances and also like even just scoring goals. So I think that's one of their biggest problems at the moment. Um, but with you know Madison coming back, he played a little bit in that game and I feel like he will be match fit for the next few. I think we will see Spurs doing better, but still, I... There's so much improvement needed in that wide areas for Spurs at the moment. But you're, you're a Chelsea fan. Mm-hmm. Tim, Tim Averna. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, 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 he, he's very popular with Chelsea fans, though. Well, he is well-loved. Well he is well-loved just because it, it, he's funny and he tries really hard. Is it that? But I on mean, a football level, yeah. I, I, I don't think um, we ever, you know, would want him back at the club. I don't think... <laughs> yeah. Respectfully, I don't think we want him back at the club. I don't think... Um, we, you know, fully understood, you know, the hype really didn't match, like, the output at that point. But, yeah, I think a lot of people also expect Ange to revive his career at Spurs. And it will be fun to see if it happens. But after seeing him for so long, even in the Bundesliga, to Chelsea, and then back to the Bundesliga, I still think the technical level of him is quite poor. Hmm. Okay. All right. God, you're mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Sean, the mighty Newport County 
to uh, Manchester United 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, you must have been relieved because Newport County at one point managed to get it to 2-2. Yeah, I mean, United won 4-2, but I'm anywhere... I'm not, nowhere near being happy about the performance because 2-0 up, United played really well. I'm very happy for Kobe Maino getting his first professional goal for United. Brilliant finish. Bruno's goal was great too. But the team totally switched off the minute they went 2, two up. They just didn't... You know, the pressing stopped, the passing pattern stopped, everything stopped. And Newport took a chance, great goal. Yeah, mm. it took a huge deflection, it was a great goal. And at that point, when it was 2-1, I was thinking to myself, knowing how the season has gone so far, 2-0 is never a safe position for United. It has to be by at least three goals. Through enough three minutes into the second half, one long ball splits United's entire defence apart and it's another goal. At that point, I'm thinking, the magic of the FA Cup. Could finally happen this season where a team, you know, in the lower divisions beats a team in the, the Premier League. But then I think whatever that was said in terms of the attacking output, because I think defensively, aside from those two chances, United were, were brilliant. And then you started to see the patterns happening again. They suddenly decided to start passing the ball to their one and only striker who was calling it, calling out for the, the ball the whole time. The next two goals were, I would say, major flukes. Right, one comes off the bar and and Anthony finally scores a goal, celebrates like it's the Champions League final. But he's found his level. He's found his level. He's found his level. But I mean, which is what Newport County? Yeah, Newport (laughs) County. I mean, no disrespect to them at all. But the the scoreline really, in a way, flatters United because the the two goals that they scored once it was at a two-two position were lucky goals, I would suggest. But times like this is when I get worried because you see players like. Lisandro Martinez back, Casemiro back, Luke Shaw back, and the team still looks dysfunctional. So that's a big worry. But I, you know, I, I've told myself in my head already. I'm taking every game at a time, like one at a time. Okay, but can I ask one general question? Okay, when I was watching this uh, United performance, which was a bit disjointed, but yeah. still, I mean, you could see certain t- p- patterns of play. Mm-hmm. It it looked like, and just about every team out there looks like trying to be Pep's City. Playing like that, cutbacks, etc. And the only team I see that doesn't at the top end that doesn't do that is Liverpool, mm-hmm. with a totally different style. The only team that has this, has this non-Pep style is that what Ten Hag's trying to do? I don't think so. I mean, the football he played. A lot of United fans, including myself, assumed that United were going to play like how his Ajax team played: high pressing, high energy, beautiful football. Total football, in a way, the Johan Cruyff way. But he has said it multiple times that he he can't do it with this current team. Now, some people look at it as, oh, he's making excuses and whatever, but he's right. The the technical players, not, there's not enough technical players in that team. No. So the best thing he can possibly do with the team is play with a more high press, more energy, but hope for cutbacks. You're not going to get many headed goals. You're not going to get this beautiful tiki-taka football with United. So... What's the saying, right? Uh, if you copy someone, it's the best form of flattery or something. Okay. So, in a way, but you don't have the profiles needed to play that kind of football. Okay. Once again, we've spent far too much time on Manchester Bloody <laughs> United. <laughs> so, it's my fault. It's my fault. Um, Liverpool 5, Norwich City 2, Azran. I thought they were very... Imp- it was a very impressive um, kind of B team, Liverpool... Yeah, it was the first match after Klopp announced yeah. uh, just before the weekend. So again, we've spoken about how unique the timing of the announcement was. But nevertheless, as I mentioned, it's typical of him uh, giving a heads up 
allowing the team. I think that apparently he spoke to the board earlier, a couple of months back in November, and the players were informed uh, slightly earlier. So perhaps that sort of explains the fact that Liverpool is playing out of their skin, really, uh, at this point of time. So similarly, uh, the game, if you saw the whole rendition of You'll Never Walk Alone, I think that was a special Klopp moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the game, I think it was mostly positives for Liverpool. What more can you ask? Yeah. We had James McConnell uh, making his debut. We had Trent Alexander-Arnold returning from injury. Um, Andy Robertson returning from injury as well as Zobosly. Jota scoring impeccably as usual. Nunes getting into the score. So everything went really well for Liverpool. And Connor Bradley, man, man, what a fine that kid is. Um, we know that he played last year in the Championship. He did very well on loan. Uh, but this year, given the chances that he had with Trent's recent injury, he's taken it with both hands or how, both feet. How, how old is he? Well, he's 19 or 20 now. Oh, wow. uh, we're young, very young. So it's a good group of Liverpool players. And again, it's it's just, I mean, the fact that we're in all competitions allows Klopp to really mix and match his team. So there's no reliance on a particular player. We know that Salah was out on FCON duty, in fact, unfortunately, Egypt is now out, which means if he had not gotten injured, he would have probably returned for the Chelsea game in midweek. But fine, I mm. think we'll do fine. So far, we've done fine mm. without him with the strikers. The forwards are clicking at this point of time. You see mm. Kakpo, Jota, Nunes, Diaz, all sort of understanding each other. A bit reminds us of the first Klopp trio of Salah, Bobby and... Um, Money. And money, money Sadio. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I've got his name already. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, now, now we're in danger of talking, spending too much time in Liverpool. Hey, by the way, producer Daryl, if you quietly play You'll Never Walk Alone in the background, I think we'll get him to cry then. Um, Myra, Chelsea nil, Aston Villa nil. Um, I, you know, it, yeah, I don't know. What's to say? Cam's speechless for the first time. Well, are you happy as a Chelsea fan? Um, I I am. I I feel like as a Chelsea fan, I'm constantly grabbing at straws, like Uh trying to find the positives in each of the games we play. And for the past two games, at least, um, I found some really good positives. If Mm. Chelsea fans are hearing this, um, our front press have been really, really great. And this is a really, really important element in Pochettino's style of football in the sense that everyone is required to be, you know, high energy, very, very um, intense in their press. And our front press has been so good that you know how Villa and more, more and more teams are playing out from the back now. And it's very, very crucial. You, you know, try to intercept, you try to force a mistake, which Chelsea did um, several times. Um, but Chelsea was also being, you know, they were Chelsea. They were not very clinical. <laughs> they were not, you know, yeah. able to score again. And I think also Villa were trying to play for a replay at their home ground. So that'll be very, very interesting. But you're saying that Chelsea thwarted Villa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to they, help they you try, here. They try. I'm helping you here they with try. those positives. What? <laughs> so they can't score. They but they ran around on. a lot. Yeah, they, they ran around better. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they didn't see it in the cup final. I really yeah. do. Yeah. That's one of the most glowing <laughs> reports. Okay. Um, Sean. Um, okay. Uh, Everton won. Luton Town 2. I'm going to think, I'm thinking that Everton are probably very happy to lose this one because their closest rival down at the bottom is, is Luton. Mm-hmm. Now, Luton have the distraction, FA Cup distraction, and they don't have it anymore. So, job well done to uh, Daish's boys. Yeah, I wouldn't say that necessarily because another points deduction may be on the horizon for Everton, oh. which of course is another distraction <laughs> to have to deal with, right? The worst distraction. Yeah, the worst distraction you could go for. So, I mean, 
I mean, Everton are so unlucky not to to get more than one goal from this game. I thought Beto looked really good. He's like your old school centre forward, just muscles people off, and his brute strength is insane. But they didn't take their chances at all in this game. And Luton, on the other hand, to score a last minute winner at Goodison yeah. was a painful one for Everton fans. I always assume in my head. I think back to Wigan many years ago, where they knew they were already getting relegated. But they still went all out in the FA Cup, and they pulled off one of the greatest, you know, upsets in FA Cup history by beating a really good Man City team in the final. I thought maybe Everton could try to do the same because you can't put all your eggs in one basket and hope that your performances are going to take you over the line in the Premier League because they have a a worry that's totally out of their hands at this moment, which is the points deduction that might happen to them. Mm-hmm. Which, in a way, if you think about it, could ruin their entire season. Do we know anything about this? I mean, there's, I mean, there's we... nothing more because they're mm. still challenging the fact. Same with Forest. Yeah, they're still right. appealing, right? Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Oh God, how how much worse could a season get? <laughs> um, uh, Asran. Sheffield United 2, Brighton 5. Your next manager, um, uh, for Brighton. Um, Brighton, uh, hot and cold. I mean, mean, Sheffield United, bottom of the league. But, but, you know, I think I I could foresee Brighton losing their next match. I I think the the thing about Brighton this season is the fact that they are in Europe for the first time ever uh, in 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 the history of the club. So obviously that's a distraction, if we can call it. But it's a positive distraction because that allows you to play in midweek. Sure, it's the first test of their squad, but every single player wants to play in those sort of competitions. So it allows Deserby to bring in better quality into his club. And we know Brighton has done very, very well on this in this department, in this regard, because they've brought in a lot of solid players at decent rates before selling them off, no? Mm. So back to the game against Sheffield United. Again, this game was quite it was it was quite one way, if you can see. I I again it's very typical of Sheffield United. Defensively they're very, very poor. And that's one of the reasons why I think we all can agree they're probably the favourites to go down. Because they are just they concede goal they concede just too many goals. And Brighton Brighton managed to capitalize on that sort of weak Achilles of um uh, Sheffield United. So it was all I would say it's straight straightforward game for Brighton. Brighton again they've been doing okay eh? mind you they've qualified let's let's not forget that they've qualified from a very very tough group in uh, Europa League and they're still playing in come February so maybe nearer to the end of the season when if they go further in the Europa League perhaps that can take its toll in league results but having said that hey they're top 10 above Chelsea and um, <laughs> good days no it's it's become the default um Above Chelsea or <laughs> below Chelsea, uh, which is good actually for Manchester United fans because they kind of like managed to get away with I'm it. I'm just happy nothing involves my club, so I just keep yeah. quiet. Oh no, I'm comparing Sheffield United. The United oh. is yeah. just kidding, just kidding, of course. Um, Myra, um, Fulham, nil. Yeah. Newcastle United, two. Newcastle again, um, world's richest club. Bit hot and cold. They would like to have a good cup. They would like to win the cup. Yeah, I think also Eddie Howe mentioned that this is probably their best chance at silverware this season. You know, they have to at least keep up the standard from last season where they got top four and also like they were in the final of a cup. So I think to get to a final would also be um, a great achievement. But Newcastle lately have been pretty much, you know, hot and cold. Sometimes they would Mm. lose by huge margins. Sometimes they would, you know, win against Fulham. I think Fulham are quite weak defensively at the moment um, because one of their um, centre-backs is on AFCON duty. Um, But yeah, like... Hot and cold. They have the same players. The players are returning from injury as well. Mm-hmm. 
but it's still something's wrong there. I, I can't put my finger to it because the players are the same kind of players that have been playing he's week not, in week he's out. Not, he's not under any pressure, is he? Do, 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 do we think? I so? feel like he is a little bit. Yeah, I think yeah. they continue with their league form. He will be. Uh, again, we know that it was a bit of a sort of hangover from their continental unfortunate mm. exit. exit. Uh, was it unfortunate? Then. They were abject. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cam you know. came into this swinging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. No, but I mean, you, you got to think about it as well. And I, I was thinking about it just before the show. Come the summer, there's so many top coaches which are available. You know, Xavi, Xavi Alonso. Uh, Jurgen Klopp if he suddenly decides that no, you know he no. wants to try to win I'm just saying that Jose is out there as well no, no. Jose is available I would love to see Jose back oh, come wouldn't on. you care come <laughs> on oh. um, Myra even Myra wouldn't. you wouldn't like to see Jose back at Chelsea would you he has zero loyalty to like the club <laughs> that he has coached before yeah. so I'm not I'm not too surprised if he's interested, actually. Well, anyway, I want to finish with the magic of the cup. It does exist. High-flying in the championship. Ipswich won. Maidstone United, two. I mean, Ipswich are going to get into the Premier League next season, um, barring some total disaster. And um, Maidstone, on the other hand, oh, I didn't, I didn't actually do my research to f- discover how many places they are below, but it's a long way down. 98 places, I think, 90. something like that. Oh, nearly, like, nearly a triple digit. So it does exist. The... Magic of the Cup. The Magic of the Cup. And um, it just so happens I grew up kind of close to Maidstone. I, I, I didn't really like Maidstone Town. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty ugly place. Um, so, yeah, so that's good news. So um, there were, there were other, other results as well. Um, notably for me, Leicester managed to get 3-0 against Birmingham. And some others... But we'll forget those. So now we'll take a break and we're going to look forward to the Premier League matches coming up and then we're going to look at the Bundesliga a bit and then we'll be looking at the Asian Cup here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Welcome back with myself, Cam Rasler, and Myra, Azran Rosane and Sean Malhotra. And now, Myra, let's go to you for... I, is is the the winter break over, or is it is it the the other because it was split into two groups? Having is, is there still a winter break? In no one seems to know. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, not no for, for English football. At least. For, there were yeah. games from Christmas up no, to yeah, yeah but, yeah, but, it, but was it, a, it was like a one planned staggered winter break. Mm-hmm. Exactly, but then the FA Cup Cup came along. Yeah. I don't think anyone had a break. <laughs> so, um, but Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal, and I. You know, I feel we haven't really said enough about Arsenal at all. Mm-hmm. And um, they've been... Mm, uh, is the word struggling? Uh, faltering? Uh, something? Mm, I, do, I, I do think they are struggling a little bit. Um, only because, you know, they set such a high standard last season. But against Nottingham Forest this weekend, and also they won um, huge 5-0 last weekend. Um, I think with Forest this weekend, they will probably... Um, do a bit more of the same. Forest uh, at home, though. It's Forest yeah, at home. Yeah, but they're also notoriously bad at defending set pieces and all their taller players are out for AFCON. Um, and you are facing one of the best teams who mm, do it. Yeah. True. So I'm guessing Arsenal will pick this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they, they need it. Um, okay, Sean. Aston Villa versus Newcastle United. Mm-hmm. I mean, every, Aston Villa is what Newcastle United should be. This season, <laughs> one would think so. I mean, to me, this is one of the two biggest fixtures of the week. I would say, I think Villa Newcastle is 
it's one that could go either way. But Villa at home, I think they've been one of the best teams at home this season in the Premier League. The way Newcastle, I mean, Myra said it earlier, they've been blowing hot and cold. They have another worry to think about. I think there's about, what, two, three days left for them to figure it out. They have to offload players because they have an issue with FFP. So people like Callum Wilson are being quoted as maybe leaving Newcastle, one of their top scorers of the season so far. Players like Alexander Isaac, all these players are being linked with moves away. That's the, that's the club. I mean, that's the team. That's Yeah, but the thing is, are... these are all players that have been crucial for them yeah. in, the, in their, their league form and everything. Villa have nothing to worry about. They have players who are fit. They have players who are ready. Playing at home is already an added boost for them. So I think a lot of this is going to weigh heavily on Newcastle. Just like we were saying earlier, Eddie Howe is under pressure. I think he is, and this game will show it. Villa, for some weird reason, I, I see them always exploiting every team's weaknesses really well. And when Newcastle is always down to, I think, confidence, the minute that team's confidence drops, teams can play around them easily. I think Villa will prey on that. So I don't think this will be as close as a lot of people think. I, I, I see Villa stomping to a big win. Mm. I'm convinced. <laughs> you convinced me, Sean. I'll go with that. I'd love to see that. Um, West Ham versus Bournemouth. Azran. Yep. Bournemouth, so, are they hot and cold or are they? No, they're pretty hot. They were doing pretty well in December uh, until they got hammered at Liverpool, against <laughs> Liverpool over the weekend. But anyway, I don't want to talk just about Liverpool. So talking about West Ham. West Ham struggled a bit. I think thanks yeah. to injuries, unfortunately, for them. I and think Kudus uh, going to FCON. Kudus yeah. going to FCON. At the same time, Jared Bowen had that, that scare uh, mm. during the Although FA Cup. We have to remind ourselves they are sixth. Exactly. And at the same time, they've qualified in the next step uh, in Europe as well. So mm. they've done tremendously well, uh, carrying on from last season. They had a bit of a blip. Bournemouth had a fantastic December play of the month, I think. Dominic Solon came yeah. on. Uh, so it's going to be a quite an evenly sort of even matchup. But still, I think uh, West Ham, probably they've got the knowledge, the know-how and the experience to get through this sort of fixtures, especially at home. So uh, a West Ham win for me. And a uh, Calvin Phillips debut, maybe. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Right. Actually, I just realised, I mean, people are always saying, people have been saying really good things about Bournemouth recently. And yet they're 12th. And they're not. And West Ham are 6th. I mean, we should be giving a lot more credit to David Moyes. He is... He'd had a fantastic season last season, and his team right now sixth. I mean, I think it's just because of the nature of the football that he plays. But I think that's the that's where the manager's strength is. He knows his players. He's adaptable. He, he we know how West Ham is going to play. It's not that attractive, but it's successful. So I think that's why he's not getting as much credit as he deserves. But man, if you're a West Ham fan, being sixth, winning a trophy in Europe last year, these mm. are really, really happy times for West Ham. If his name was Moise Lucci, uh, <laughs> that he'd get the respect he deserves. Or Moise Iraiola, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to hand over to um, Myra, Liverpool versus Chelsea. This is the, the, I mean, these are two big names, but... This is the biggest match of the, the weekend? It is, and it's a preview of the Carabao Cup final yeah, at the end of the month. Yeah, yeah. I'm very flattered that everyone still thinks as you know Chelsea as one of the big teams and one of the big pictures. <laughs> yeah. um, well, alphabetically, they come quite high. <laughs> <laughs> After all the bullying in the show. No, but um, I, I feel like historically, Asran, I don't know, this fixture has always been kind of safe and stale. There's a lot of zero zeros um, for the past few seasons. But I don't think... Um, uh, it's going to be 0-0 for this uh, weekend. 
uh, Liverpool are too too strong and yeah. they're also playing with Klopp in mind you know <laughs> like the whole sentiment of him leaving and like wanting to win and wanting to prove themselves but I would vouch for Chelsea that we have um, improved defensively a little bit and we yeah that's all but <laughs> if, if let's say Chelsea um, uh, did really well mm-hmm. in this what would be the where would be the areas that they that they would be succeeding, having to succeed in. I mean, you were saying that, mm-hmm. that they're not necessarily able to score goals, but yeah. it would be because the goal scorers come good and their goal scorers are... I think it would be because, um, first, I think, like I said earlier, our front press has been really, really good and it's really it, it'll be really tough to destabilise Liverpool in their build-up because they have Virgil van Dijk, they have Konate, they have really, really good players, um, especially McAllister as well in midfield. Um, but Chelsea have been playing with this some sort of energy and tenacity lately. Um, the players are coming back and then we have Chilwell also coming back, which have been truly catalytic um, to the club. Um, he was playing really, really well. He set up chances after chances in the previous games. So I think with our strongest squad available right now, I'm not too fearful of a huge margin loss. I mm. do think um, we're, we will still be competitive. Okay. Yeah. Um, Azran, yep. I'm not even going to ask you actually because <laughs> it's. I mean, come on. No, but I think the big question is which Chelsea is going to turn up because Chelsea is it the six-one versus Middlesbrough Chelsea or the Chelsea that lost at the Riverside? Because Chelsea again. Or Chelsea four-four Man City. Chelsea four-one exactly. Spurs. So you know, I, I'm yeah. not so sure whether we've seen the best available version of Chelsea. We've been waiting for that for the past one and a half seasons. I think uh, it just hasn't come. They've spent a lot. Okay. But yet, we haven't seen Pochettino's best 11. I think we haven't seen that. So, as it stands, I would sort of, again, I would sort of want to see Liverpool play to the usual game. And if that happens, I would like, I would think that we would see Liverpool win mm. again. But anything yeah. can happen. Yeah, yeah. Especially in midweek, no? Anything yeah. can happen in midweek. It's cold and... Uh, you're, you're really good at it. Right? Yeah. You're really good at it. But we'll win. Like, well, you know, good, luck, good luck to that he's plucky really Chelsea. He's really saying he's going to yeah. win 5-0. Yeah, hasn't he? <laughs> um, Sean, very quickly. Tottenham Hotspur versus Brentford. I haven't done this one already, have I? No, no. no. <laughs> I kind of feel like, wasn't that the FA Cup match? No. I mean, it's an exciting one because you look at Spurs, they have Madison back. <clears throat> Brentford have Ivan Tony back. Ah, I mean... I thought this would be a, a draw earlier in the season, so I, I, I'm leaning towards a draw, but I have this sneaky suspicion that Brentford might actually nick three points off Spurs. Ivan Tony to score a couple. I don't yeah. know. I just feel that they needed him back. This was the catalyst for their season, which is coming back. You've convinced me again, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was like, yeah, Spurs are going to do this, but then it's like, eh, yeah, I've, I'm I mean, Tony and everything. They've only got the league to play for, though. So yeah. I think if I was yeah. Spurs, it would go all out. Yeah, I would have thought yeah. so, but the FA Cup, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. Okay, uh, we take a, a final break, and when we come back, it's a little bit of Bundesliga and some Asian Cup here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks and BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Uh, welcome back. I always get the wrong cue. I like waiting here for another five minutes. Um, welcome back to part four with Sean, Myra and Azran. And I think for the first time in broadcasting history anywhere in the world, we're going to combine Bundesliga with the Asian Cup. Uh, so uh, because I wanted to visit the Bundesliga because Bayer Leverkusen on top and uh, Harry Kane... Is not 
<laughs> is he actually not going to win silverware again? Myra is, I mean, the poor guy. Come on. I mean... <laughs> but but Bayer Leverkusen are good, are they? They are, they are. They are. <clears throat> they're very, very good. Um, the way they play, the way they build, um, the way their attacking patterns are. Xabi has actually built a really, really good team. And also they have really, really good players in their midst. Um, they're still unbeaten. And um, they face Bayern in, I think, two weeks' time as well at home. So that will be a very, very crucial... No, I, don't, I wouldn't say title decider yet because it's still in February. But... If there's only two points between them. Yeah, there's only two points between them. But, yeah, anything can happen because we, I mean, we go through this every single year with Dortmund. You know, last season, they took it to the final game and then they lost and then Bayern won the title. So I feel like I cannot say that Leverkusen will win because there are so many surprises in the Bundesliga. But, of course, I think everyone's hopes is that they will triumph. Yeah. Hmm. The fact that they're the only unbeaten team in the top leagues of Europe say something it's it's nearly February and okay. they haven't lost a single game in mm-hmm. the league so right. and it's not an easy league at that you've got Stuttgart who's doing very well you've got Dortmund typically uh, Leipzig but there's a 10 point gap between second and third so it's going to be it's a two horse race we know that yeah. and yeah. again we've seen the Bundesliga time and time again you play the whole season and finally Bayern wins, right? So, <laughs> but uh, Sean, I mean, you got to feel sorry for them. Harry Kane, Harry Kane, if if I, come on, you got to be. Come on, I can't really. I don't really feel sorry for. Yeah, him. He's a top scorer. He's a top scorer. I feel Bayern have created their own issues this season. Harry Kane was not an issue, not at all. I just think there's so much chopping and changing in that team, in their midfield and defensively as well. I mean, Kim Min Jae has looked. To me, at least in my opinion, their best defender, Upamecano, uh, what's his name? The the Delic. other the def- uh, has yeah. they've all not looked great. And the thing is, Tuchel has created this problem where he's constantly brought one out and brought one in, brought one out, brought in one in. Masrawi, who started the season looked all right, got put out again. Kimmich, I mean, has tried his level best to, to keep that midfield shape together, but they lost Goretzka to injury. There's so many fundamental issues wrong with Bayern at the moment. But then you have to look at the table and you go, they're only two points behind. Mm, exactly. So, and a Bayern that, you know, you assume may not win the league is the most dangerous version of Bayern because they still half the season to play for, or maybe slightly less than half the season to play for. I don't know how long Leverkusen can hold on to this. I've attributed a lot of their success thus far to Xabi Alonso, to Florian Wirtz, but recently after watching their last three games, one person I want to give a lot of credit to, Alex Grimaldo, a guy who came in on a free, if I'm not mistaken, who's forgotten about his other clubs, has been insanely good. I think he's easily been one of the best fullbacks in all of Europe this season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scoring and creating goals yes. at the same time. And let's Keeping not forget the, the striker, Bunny Face. Yes. Uh, Myra, uh, you watch a lot of football. <laughs> all three of you watch a lot of football from around Europe and I don't, I do not know when it is exactly that you would sleep. <laughs> um, but how would you rate the Bundesliga uh, within Europe? Is it, um, is it, a, what kind of quality of football is there is it is it exciting is it good is it as better than italy for you you watch a lot of spanish football i do i do um i think there will be some personal biases in this because i do watch a lot of spanish football and the Serie A more um i think in terms of attacking talent you will definitely want to look at the bundesliga and the way they develop young players um for other leagues i think you look at you know defensive um I think uh, more defensive players in the Serie A and more like um, team structures and stuff like that. But in the Bundesliga, what I appreciate the most is probably 
the fact that a lot of teams play very direct and very vertical. So it makes for like amazing matches most of the time. Because mm. recently I watched uh, last weekend was like Stuttgart versus Leipzig. That was really, really fun as well. So it was it's usually end to end. But also I think the defensive quality in that league is pretty poor. Yeah. If I may say so myself. Right. Yeah, coming off, you know, seeing teams in Syria, teams in La Liga defending. So, yeah, but it, it is still a pretty, a pretty good league. And uh, Sean, you, um, you'd agree with that? You, uh... I mean, I, I rank it above Italian football and, and French football as a whole. I think they're just behind Spanish football and English football as a whole because I think Myra hit the nail on the head. Offensively, they have some of the best and most exciting players in all of Europe. But the minute you move further back in their teams, in their teams, in terms of their midfield, it's kind of shaky here and there. They prefer this this big brutes who like get in front of every ball. Then you go defensively where their players look very shaky. You have big names in a lot of the teams in in Germany who play in defense, but they never strike you as defenders that will will be insanely good or this kind of thing. So I'll rank it just behind Spanish football because I think Spanish football has some of the most creative midfielders in all of Europe and offensive players too. Defensively. There'll be some teams here and there who look good. But yeah, I mean, German football is exciting to me. Since I grew up, I've always thought of the Bundesliga as a more physical version of the Premier League. What? A really? more physical... Because there's so many big players in <laughs> Germany and everything seems to be... You know, there could be long balls going up and down and everything, and there's always big players to contest right. everything in the Bundesliga. I mean, one of the Bundesliga's best ever strikers is a six foot four striker called Robert Lewandowski. So, I mean, <laughs> I you know, I, I used to watch a bit of a uh, fair bit of Bundesliga. I found that the the referees would call um, a foul very fast, and and actually, it wasn't that physical to my mind mm-hmm. because. Um, it was like close control and they, they would nick the ball off the other player's feet but if they went a little bit too far uh, whistle blast foul mm-hmm. two things for the Bundesliga for me number one is the atmosphere yeah, the they've got the yeah. best atmosphere in Europe I would say I mean because the clubs are fan owned as well for mm-hmm. most of them because of their 100%. really strict rules on the ownership and goals you get a number of goals again probably because that's what Myra and Sean said yeah. the, the way they play football yeah uh, well, okay, that's the Bundesliga. We shall return to the Bundesliga, I'm sure, later in the season at least. And meanwhile, though, we're going to go to the Asian Cup. And Azran, you have returned with one hell of a suntan <laughs> from Qatar, and you witnessed the um, 3-3 against South Korea. Um, Game of the tournament so far, that's what the FC says. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, you watched uh, Malaysia's previous match as yes, well. Yes, against Barry. I missed Jordan because obviously I was still here. Right. Uh, when we wanted to, I think Jordan game wanted to surprise. Um, I, again, obviously a coach lives and dies by his decisions. Kim Pangon, I think a lot of people were questioning why did he go out with such an attacking formation. For me, I think he wanted to really surprise Jordan. In fact, unfortunately for him, he got surprised. Jordan has never played like that. They pressed for the first 25 minutes like Matt, which we saw. And at 3-0 up, they sort of relaxed. And we played. then we were able to play our normal game. But mind you, that was our first ever major tournament for a number of these players. Well, more, every single player. Yeah. So if, even in the first five minutes, you look, you could see in their faces, they looked like a bit like deer in the headlamp sort of, yeah. sort of reaction, right? But then they sort of calmed themselves down. The game against Bahrain was amazing. I think uh, I managed to catch that game. That was as soon as I arrived, went to the stadium, uh, met up with the Malaysian fans and it was such a good performance. We really, really deserved a point from that game. Unfortunately, Bahrain scored in the very, very last kick of the game, literally. 10 minutes to go, uh, 10 seconds to go out of the five 
five minutes injury time. Even the Bahrainians everywhere around said, look, they didn't deserve to win, but they'll take it, of course, right? Mm. So come the match against Korea. Really, uh, for the Malaysian fans, what we wanted to see. And the good thing about this Asian Cup, first and foremost, kudos to Qatar. Very, very well organised, perhaps. Obviously, the fact that they have hosted the World Cup a couple of months earlier helps because it's a cut and paste thingy, I'm sure. Very well organised and it was our first foray into this sort of competition. So all the fans were quite close to each other. We met up and Qatar is so small. Whenever you go, you'll meet some Malaysians, you'll catch up, you'll hang out, you'll share some stories. Um, in fact, there was a game that was played the night before uh, Malaysia against Korea where the Malaysian fans who travelled from Malaysia played against the local fans. Well, Malaysians who are based in Qatar. Mm. So there were lots of fans just mucking about. And all of us sort of agreed what we want to see besides a good performance. We've seen that against Bahrain. We knew we were out. We wanted to see a goal. We wanted to see Malaysia, a Malaysian scoring a goal in the Asian Cup. And we all said, look, as soon as the one, we score, we all go and celebrate Suk Wakif. One goal is enough. Even though we knew Korea, because of how the dynamics of the group, we knew Korea had to get a result. And they played all their stars. I mean, Son Heung-min, Lee Kang-hin, Kim Min-jae, everyone played, right? What a free kick. Exactly. But then... <laughs> We scored with an amazing Faizal Halimiki. What a goal that was. One hell of a goal. One yeah. hell of a goal. Again, and you see, there was some element of luck, but it's a lot of I skill don't, as well. I, I mean, I watched it like 20 times. It's like, because I he didn't, yeah. I didn't, how as did soon as he wanted to finish, he saw Minjay's leg coming up. Because if he had shot that point of time, it would have been blocked by Minjay. Mm-hmm. He sort of pivoted around and it hit his right leg, which made the ball even stick better to his leg. Turned it around and he saw the keeper come out and it just dinked it into the goal. And we celebrated like mad. We saw yeah. the goal, and we, but we thought, wait, wait a minute. We are giving a game. It's not a goal. It's not we were expecting, let's let's be honest, 5-1, one, 4-1, one, that sort of scoreline. Mm. One all, we were like, wait a minute, it's in for a game. And when we got that penalty, man, you could see, I mean, you could see the reactions from the crowd. The guy who sort of cried and, yeah. and again, lots of stories, lots of various stories from Malaysians and Qatar. So 2-1, last 10 minutes, unfortunately, that free kick, unlucky. Shihan had a blind. Again, kudos to all Malaysians. Son Heung-min looked a beast of a player. Mm-hmm. But you see how... Sharul Sa'ad and Daniel Ting, how they defended him. Those two were men of the match, co-men of the match for me, both of them. Uh, and then they scored to all. And then unfortunately, that penalty in about 90th minute, you thought, oh my goodness, it's another hit. But at least we scored two goals. And then Paulo Josue, Romel Morales. And it was a good build-up at that. We didn't panic. I mean, it was like last minute of the game. And yet we got the second ball, kept on passing the ball. To Josue, who knew Morel, Romel Morales, I mean, from Cal City days, of course. I forgot to mention Cal City. <gasps> what an amazing finish, and the rest is history. All of us went really mad. Really, I, I mean, all of us probably had a tear in our eye during that time. It's a different feel watching your 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 national team playing. True. And really, we want more of that. So that's why I think for Malaysian fans, most of us understand this is our first foray. We want to see more. Again, there is... Unfortunately, I think expectations were too high. Some people were expecting Malaysia to qualify for World Cup in the next edition, which it's it's a bit too much to ask. Let's qualify consecutively to Asian Cup. The next one is in Saudi Arabia in a couple of years. And let's see from there. Hmm. But having said that, we have a chance. We're playing Oman back-to-back. And Oman didn't have a good tournament as well. Even Thailand played way better than them in that group. So... The back-to-back games against Oman in 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 March will be will be nice to watch. 
Wow. Okay. So, I mean, as a, a lifelong Chaos City fan, <laughs> and, and I watched them. It was Chaos City yes, did. Yes, did. Street mm-hmm. Fahan. Mm-hmm. I've watched them. He watched. will never let this go. <laughs> it was nil-nil. <laughs> that was why when he scored the goal at the end, I thought, I think he plays for Chaos City. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be well, sure. Well, he for Chaos City. I better Google yeah. that one or ask Azran when he gets back. Um, but, uh, but before we go, though, I, we can just give you a live update of the score between Iraq and Jordan. It's uh, Jordan 1, Iraq 0. What minute are we into it now? 70th. 70th minute. Yep. And, um, uh, well, I guess we should all be booking tickets for the Saudi Asian Cup in two years' time. Let's do that in four years' time. You oh, said three years. Said, three years. Three years. It's kind of weird. It's weird. Calendar. Because it sh- mm. Qatar should have been played last year. In fact, it was supposed to be in China, but for the whole pandemic, China decided uh-huh. not to. Because normally, how AFC organizes it's one West Asian country organizes it. So UAE were the previous organizers, which Qatar won. So China should have been the host. Instead, they didn't want to. So Qatar took it. Mm. Next one still West, which is Saudi. Okay. Uh, well, that brings us to the... Oh, my gosh, yes, the end of the show. But just to remind you that from uh, Friday onwards, we're going to be on at 7.30, not at um, 8. <laughs> at the end, end of every show, I do these things with Daryl, and he's like nodding his head, shaking his head. And uh, I just want you and your family sitting around the wireless not to miss half an hour of the show uh, because you, you got it, the timings wrong and you're... Kids are going to blame you and, and say, <laughs> I hate you. Um, you're the worst parents ever, that kind of thing. So um, that brings us in. I'd like to thank Sean Mahotra. Thank you, thank you. Been a fun show. Can't wait to do 7.30 next week. Uh-huh. And uh, Azran Rosin? We've been promoted. We are going up. Right? <laughs> it's, 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 it's going a, up. It is a promotion, yeah. Anyways, nice to see you guys and uh, see you again soon. Yeah. 7.30 is more like we've, been, we've managed to make it into the championship. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> seven is uh, Premier League. And thank you, Myra. Thank you. Have a great week, everyone. And thank you to producer Daryl Ong and uh, myself, Cam Raslan. See you next time here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Tune in Mondays and Fridays at 8pm Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9 You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9 The Business Station For more stories of the same kind download the BFM app